1: Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, was the AFL a ratings winner or loser? We cut through the spin. Why 10 days worth of Queen coverage will be cut down to just 60 minutes and that's all you'll ever see again. And air dates revealed for some of TV's biggest shows. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news. This is TV Black Box. It's that time of the
0: year. Your vacation is coming up.
2: This is TV Blackbox, bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry.
1: Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight and welcome to another episode of TV Black Box. You'll meet the panel in just a moment, but first it was on this day in 2018 that America's dad was locked up. Now reporting, Tom Yamas. And we're coming on the air now with some breaking news. One of the world's best-known entertainers appears to be heading to a prison cell very shortly. A judge in Pennsylvania has just sentenced Bill Cosby to no less than three and no more than ten years behind bars. Yes, for something a bit light and fluffy, four years ago, Bill Cosby was sentenced to three to ten years in jail after being found guilty of three counts of aggravated indecent assault. He was the first celebrity to be jailed in the wake of the Me Too era after facing allegations from more than 50 women. But just two and a half years into the sentence, his conviction was overturned after a court found that a previous prosecutor had made a deal with Cosby not to charge him. He was released last year citing violations of his due process rights. Bill Cosby still maintains his innocence. I put the pills in the drinks and the girls the drinks.
2: <laughs> so that's my, I don't know if that's racist. But
1: and on sorry. that note, it's a big welcome back to David <laughs> Robo Robinson. Hello, Robo.
2: Hello there. And you know the Bill Cosby uh, documentary, it is fantastic. Four parts, really, really good on Paramount Plus. Check it out.
1: I have not seen it. I will take a look. Also joining us for this recording of the TV Black Box podcast is Matthew Simmons, contributor to TV Black Box. Hello, Matt.
3: Hello. Good to be back.
1: Good to have you back. And uh, Kevin Perry is filling in for Mog tonight. Hello, Kevin, the co-owner of TV, Black Box and Media Slut. He's been everywhere this week (laughs) talking.
0: (laughs) Glad that was his
1: intro.
4: (laughs) Oh, fantastic to be with you, Rob McKnight. Um, Twice in a month. And I haven't been cancelled yet. This is fantastic.
1: (laughs) I know. And that delightful voice you heard before and... uh, Maybe i got my intros mixed up, Tanya. Uh, she's, come, she's come back for another go at the TV Black Box after realising we were in a bit of trouble last week. Tanya Zayeta, oh. welcome back to TV Blackbox. Why, Woo! thank
0: you very much. Lovely to be part of the team again this week.
1: Oh, yes. I'm so thrilled you have. Like, honestly, when you volunteered last week, when uh, Phil and Mo said, oh, we can't be here next week. And I was like, oh, what are Don't we going to do? Are. you literally. You, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you were like the hero of the day. You stepped up and said, I'll save you, Rob <laughs> McKnight. And I appreciate it too. I Tanya felt really Zayana.
0: bad, Rob. I just went, I can do it if you want, Rob. Yeah, no, guilt <laughs>
1: guilt is the only way I've ever gotten things. So
2: <laughs> But not well, all heroes Tanya. not all heroes wear capes and Tanya Zayetta is a hero of mine, so it's lovely to be on the podcast
0: oh, with you. Thanks, Robbo. Thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, we are thrilled you're back and Obviously, this week we made the binge. Um, uh, how do you say it? Salam,
0: namaste,
1: salam, namaste. Um, <laughs> oh, you know the song. I know the song. I've been. I've. I've done my homework. I've watched it, and we will talk about that in the TV binge box. But first, let's get to the stories of the week. And the AFL grand final is often billed as one of the biggest events in Australian television. But for Seven, it was an utter shambles. For many who opted to watch via the Seven Plus streaming app, they were instead treated to the best of border and police force. That was because Channel 7 only held the rights to broadcast the grand final on the free-to-air main channel and only on 7 Plus on connected televisions. But even for those who were able to watch the game, 7's coverage was widely slammed. From unnecessary wide shots to ignoring Katie Noonan to poor quality and standard definition, it seems many were not happy. And now some are even calling it a ratings flop. That's despite 2.96 million people tuning in nationally and it was ranked, however, the second lowest watched AFL Grand Final since the Ozterm rating system was introduced. Kevin, it's a good day to have you in. You did talk about this on radio. Let's go through what happened with the 7 Plus app. Because there are claims and counterclaims. We know that 7 don't have the rights to stream freely on their mobile devices and through 7 Plus until 2025 but it seems the message didn't get through to a lot of viewers.
4: <laughs> yes, that's exactly right, Rob. And we do have this problem every year because this has been going on for, for, for quite some time. But um, the real issue is the fact that throughout the season, Foxtel and KO have the streaming rights for every match. And, and people are used to that system and that's what they expect. But every year we get to this point where suddenly it's the grand final and it's a completely different setup. and and for the grand final suddenly the only place where you can watch on a mobile is via the official afl app and then for for this whole generation of people now who don't have antennas on their roof and who are who the only way they consume television is via streaming they have to try and log on to this seven plus app and for a lot of them particularly on the android side that that app just didn't work and it was showing border security when it should have been showing the grand final so it was a complete schmuzzle in the end channel 7 they ended up lifting all, all of those connected tv restrictions and they i mean they'll deny this but we saw it ourselves we got we got screenshots from users that they ended up just having to to lift the security and just letting everyone watch it via any device simply because the system failed them
1: well, I was able to watch it on my mobile device mm. through 7 Plus.
4: Yeah, when they didn't have the rights and they denied it was happening. You didn't watch a sports game, did you? No, I only. Wa-
1: I was watching something else, Robbo, and then some people were asking me about it, so I, I did some investigation. <laughs> good good um, man. All good right, man. Kevin, move on to the ratings. Yeah. We look at a figure like 2.96 million and would usually go, fantastic result. Why isn't this a good result? Is this just people being nasty about the AFL? Uh, 2.96 million is a great result.
4: Yeah, look, 2.96 is a big number, but you have to bear in mind that the previous two grand finals were in the 3.9 million mark. And back in 2012, when the Swans won the grand final, it hit 4.5 million. So, I mean, the real story is that, A... It was a terrible match. Anyone in Sydney would have switched off after the first quarter because, frankly, their team was just getting thrashed. But the other issue is that moving the match into this daytime time slot... It it really cuts out a lot of your, your, your viewers in the northern states, your people with a casual interest in the game, people who, who have a choice where they'd rather be doing something else with their long weekend, they are not going to watch a one-sided match. And you can understand that Channel 7 is extremely frustrated by this. You know, they prior to the match they had been talking up the potential of getting a four million viewer audience and for it to hit 2.97 that, that that's a terrible number and so that brings in these calls of moving the match to a nighttime time time slot again and you'd have to think that even if the game was a bit boring a, a concert like Robbie Williams was so captivating and so enthralling that if that concert had been at half time in sort of around the 8pm time slot, under lights, you know, fireworks going off, the full extravaganza, the full rather than you know 2pm in the afternoon in the bright sunlight, that viewers, even if they weren't interested in the match, they would have stuck around for Robbie Williams.
1: Yeah, Tanya, do you see the spectacle of it all? Um, the AFL doing the daytime thing, Seven have paid a lot of money. Surely it has to go. To a night time next year
0: i think so i think it, it has to go i mean because it was there right didn't it used to be a night time if from memory or is that am i being that's not correct yeah
4: the, the last two years were played at night mm. due to covid covid mm. was the excuse but yeah they were able to do the last two because it wasn't in melbourne we had one in perth and one in brisbane yes so they played those at at night, and the audience was up close to 4 million.
0: That's right. Now, we had, you know, almost, what, record crowd. There was well over 100,000 people at the stadium. Robbie Williams was spectacular. Now, even for me, I, I yes, I live in Victoria, couldn't care less really about AFL, do watch the grand final, partner went to the grand final kind
1: of thing. <laughs> you know,
0: but ever, I still You are one it. of
1: us, Tanya. <laughs> I
0: know, I Look, I'm, I'm a bit of a league girl. I'm a league and union girl, to be honest, but, you know, hey, we, we can't to help avoid um, AFL when you live in Victoria because it's on every page of the newspaper. So the thing that was um, a little bit annoying, and my father-in-law brought it up straight away, he said, why are they doing all these wide shots? I can't see the ball. I can't see what's happening. And that was right mm. from the get-go. And then we watched a little bit and we noticed that, yes, the camera angles were all a little bit different. Robbie Williams Mm. was amazing. How does this happen? They do it all year.
1: How do they get it so wrong on the final day? It was like
0: they had a whole different camera crew shooting the AFL. Seriously, like a whole different camera crew couldn't quite keep up with you know the ball almost. Mm. That was a bit frustrating.
4: I, I, I would say it is the Channel 7 style. Like, I mean, every match is filmed by the same crew. It's all done by NEP. But whether it's a Fox footy game or a Channel 7 game, they do tend to, to put a bit of a dictate on the direction of the games. And yet yeah, the Channel 7 style is to probably stay out a bit wider. The, the other criticism I always have with Channel 7 is that they they say they broadcast it in high definition, but it doesn't. it never appears to be a true high definition. They will never admit it, but I do have a sneaking suspicion that they they do compress their signal a bit so that they can fit other channels onto their spectrum.
0: I think also for us in Victoria, if it comes to the viewership too, we had four holidays in a row. It was like Easter. We had the mm. Queen's the Queen's funeral holiday Thursday, then the AFL holiday Friday, and then Saturday and then Sunday, and it's school holidays. And mm. many people are away overseas, Bali, Thailand, etc., for their first time in three years, two years. Um, so, you know, perhaps that all contributed to, to viewers being down. People were away, I would imagine.
4: Mm.
0: Maybe.
1: Mm. I, I've got to say the one thing I can't understand is the idea that You've, you've said, I'm going to watch the grand final. I've got my beer, chips, whatever, maybe a few friends over, and then go, oh, the game's not exciting. I'm turning it off. Uh, isn't this the
4: event you've
1: been waiting for? Cheese platter mm. sounded pretty good at halftime.
4: <laughs> 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 I'll say I didn't watch the second half. Right. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, I bought I mean, it, it, was, it was obvious, sort of by the end of the first quarter, it was obvious who was going to win. And so, I mean, if you weren't heavily invested in the Geelong Football Club, there really wasn't much there for you.
1: All right, what do we make of this one? Millions of eyes were glued to their TV screens across the UK and worldwide in the 10 days of mourning following the Queen's passing. But now British television networks are facing tough restrictions on what footage they can and can't use. The BBC, ITV and Sky News have been instructed to condense their coverage from the 10 days into a 60 minute compilation, which then must be approved by Buckingham Palace. Key events such as the funeral service and the King's Ascension Council are limited to 12 minutes each. If networks want to use any unapproved piece of footage in future, it will need to be individually approved by the palace. Journalists are slamming it as a logical censorship and a mistake. So guys, what this means is that the palace will now have the right of veto. So King Charles getting angry at the pen. If any of the networks try to include that, veto. Harry not singing God Save the Queen, veto. I think this is a big misstep and a bad call, bad call.
0: Really? Really? Gosh, you don't. I guess you know. I can see that they are protecting themselves because this is was a monumental history event. You know that will be seen for hundreds, thousands, you know, of years. The files will be looked back on again. Um, I guess that people are not going to want to look back and see the Prince King Charles getting angry at the pen or Mike Tyndall, Zara Phillips' husband, yawning when the uh, the Queen was lying in state. Oh, no, looking, yeah, and looking at his watch. You know, he's he looking at his watch. Now, a very innocent thing to glance at your watch, and when you've got cameras on you the entire time, there's a mm. hell of a lot of footage. To go over those ten days, I find
1: it yes, interesting. But why can't it just be there publicly available tenure? Like people should An just be image, able to watch.
0: Image is everything, as Andre Agassi says.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 but it it's like the social image. media anyway, isn't well, it? Well, that's a very well, good point. Well, that's the thing.
1: I think there will be a copyright mm. claim that will take it all down from social media.
3: But so, but so, if I have the clip, like if I've shared it and I've just cut the clip from what I've downloaded, it's going to get Gone. taken from me. But I'm not. I'm not part of. Like, does it affect people overseas as well?
1: You've used footage. I was thinking this through today, Mm. and I'm guessing here this is me hypothesising. But you could easily ask, well, surely this doesn't affect American and Australian broadcasters. Well, hold hold your horses. The palace essentially supplied all that intimate footage, Mm. whether it's through the pool or however it was arranged, and the British broadcasters all agreed to the terms and conditions. Australia... Australia <laughs> got
2: really awkward. I was going to make a point of it, but off your suit, yep.
1: Australia and the US and all the other countries dipped into that poor footage. Mm. So by using it, they're automatically agreeing to the terms. So now the palace, which owns all the footage, can now put copyright claims throughout Facebook, Twitter, all the social media, YouTube, and get rid of mm. all of it. So now... Mm. We are now determined what three networks decide are the key one yeah. hour highlights. So that means of course, they will have extra bits. so when you maybe we'll end up with an hour and a half, maybe two hours of footage if you compile all the individual choices they've made. But I think for such an historic occasion, Kevin, this is such a mistake and and really should not be allowed to happen.
4: Oh, it is a terrible decision, and at the end of the day, this is a news event. It is a news story. Yes. It is not something that should be copyrighted or trademarked. Um, you, you can't trademark news as far as I'm concerned. I can tell you that October 20 is the day that, that it will be removed in the Australian streaming services, iView, 9Now7+, Plus. it all disappears on October 20. And right. I can also... Um, One of the probably the more interesting things is that that the Palace have always been extremely good at controlling these sorts of things. And the UK media has always been rather happy to bend their demands. Mm. Even so, we had the situation of that person who who charged at the Queen's coffin while she was laying in state. That footage was shown in Australia. It was never shown in the UK.
2: Ah, ew, ew.
4: Um, the, the the palace just put out the message that if you show that footage in the UK, we will blacklist you, and you will not be able to broadcast the funeral. So, uh, to me, it, it's just a travesty. And but, but we see it time and time again. The, the Olympics are the other ones who love to do these kinds of things, and it. I don't think it serves them very well. I, I wonder what the ultimate motivation mm. of the palace is. Are they planning on doing their own documentary or something down the track that they want to make money out of? It, it it's just you not don't right. think it's
0: just image you- though. You don't think it's just.
4: I think ten years. right. that
0: you know, come come mm. hundreds, 20, yep. 50 years down the track, that people uh, we don't they don't want people tuning in and seeing King Charles angry at the pen and seeing you know someone else do something no, that's wrong. It.
1: In a hundred years' time, when they're looking at the highlights footage, you don't see King Charles bloody pen. I hate the bloody thing. We won't see that, mm. Robert.
2: We won't. We won't be around by then. But uh, according to Sky News and News Corp, mate. uh, Well, if you watch News Corp, yeah, we'll still be around because there's no problems. Uh, Anyway, you can uh, cut that out if you want. Uh, The problem is, is that uh, we own them, and and this is a big thing that I've always had about politicians, and I think the monarchy is the same thing. Uh, They don't pay tax. Uh, they don't pay uh, uh, hereditary tax, Uh, they don't pay uh, inheritance tax. Uh, We own them. I think this is ridiculous, especially when the monarchy is on the nose uh, in so many places, including England, about why do we need this family who really, if you strip everything down, there's nothing special about them. Um, And they're not paying their fair share of tax. They own too much, they do so little, uh, that's an important part of it, I think. But they
1: have power through access. So that's why they can get what they want.
2: Yeah, I don't agree.
1: All right. It seems not everyone is feeling as sentimental about Neighbours ending as the 873,000 viewers who tuned in to the final episode in July. Despite a push to have the houses featured featured in the iconic soap Heritage listed, Whitehorse City Council voted to deny those plans. A report did find Ramsey Street, real name Pinot Court, of course, did in fact meet historic, aesthetic and social significance. The council disagreed. Robo, I think that's fair enough. I don't think Ramsey Street should be heritage listed because we liked a TV show.
2: No, I don't think so. And I think that the people who own houses on that street have been through enough over the years. Uh, when, whenever <laughs> well, whenever someone bought into that street, they would have to sign uh, as, as part of the condition of sale that they wouldn't change greatly the outside of it. You know, the, the owners of that street have, have, have been through enough. <laughs> um, I just think that neighbours in a TV show like that should live on in our hearts. What I will say, though, is that I think, and I know I'll be alone on this, that uh, places like Epping for the Seven Network in Sydney uh, or Willoughby for the Nine Network, those are places that should have probably be kept... Uh, a little bit in, in in a historic sense now um anyone who knows epping now will know that it's just a housing estate which i my heart breaks for that it really really does i was lucky enough to work at epping and it was wonderful and it was such a brilliant brilliant place um, it was mm-hmm. at the end of their life, at, uh, end of its life when I, I worked there, but I was still very grateful to be there. Uh, the only thing that you could tell that anything happened there for over 50 years was that there's one street in that bloody estate called Seven Street. That's all that is yeah. left. Um, I would like to see.
1: I used uh, to love working at Epping. Me too. It was amazing. I
0: down there too. I loved That's it.
1: That's
2: right. It, 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 it's a beautiful place. And, and we've lost now Willoughby um, with nine. Those are the places that I think that should have historical significance, not a street that featured in um, <laughs> some exterior shots uh, over the years. Uh, that's not. I don't I, want to say I that.
1: love that it actually had to be tabled at the council because people were pushing for it. Is there anyone here who thinks it should be heritage listed? No. Not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. all right, we're all on the same page. Well, nobody does children's TV quite like Australia, and now the top ten strangest, although best, kids' TV shows have been revealed. Well, that's according to The Guardian. These are the shows that were crafted for growing Australian minds and are the most culturally significant. I'll go from ten to one, starting with The Book Place, Plasmo, Johnson & Friends, Mr Squiggle, Agro's cut and connection. The Ferrells cheese TV no. lift off, amazing. And at the top, round the twist. No. Um, mm.
2: No. No, I, no. No. Sorry. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Sorry. Can I take the first question mm-hmm. because I, I, I was or the yours. series producer. No, Ser- you
1: had the first question. Just no, to-
2: <laughs> I was the series producer for a children's television show for four years. Which one? So do you want to, toasted TV?
1: Mm. It, it didn't make the top oh. ten. Who gives a shit
2: what made the top ten? This idiot doesn't know what he's talking about. Can I just say, Toasted TV was uh, after Cheese TV. The Cheese TV boys got a very – they were around for a while uh, and uh, the reason that they ended was because they started talking about Brazilians. Um, and waxing in hostings Now because it's Channel 10 Those things get through But eventually someone notices So then that it was changed to Toasted TV Which I produced uh, from 2009 until 2013 uh, A wonderful program uh, There's still some great uh, skits on YouTube Toasted TV uh, But that's, that's Is this where this a plug for your YouTube page? <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying We did some amazing stuff We introduced the first gay character For uh, kids' television, we introduced the first uh, inbred character on Australian television, for kids, rather. (laughs) Um, We had some game shows that probably couldn't be broadcast now, but they were broadcast back then. What age Uh, group was
0: this show for?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you right now it not was my, fun. not my old
0: twins this? I can tell you.
2: Not now, not now Tanya, but um we just had a lot of fun and did some pretty risqué stuff but because it was kids TV and because it was on channel 10 no one ever watched it. We never got pulled up for it and it was amazing. So
1: so Robo, can we actually talk about the shows on the list? Um <laughs>
0: Mr. Squiggle. <laughs>
1: I've got the look of death from below. <laughs> Hurry up! So, Mr. Mister Mr. Squiggle was yeah, yeah. Mister Squiggle favorites?
0: for me. I, had- I grew up with Mister Squiggle and the pencil nose, and when you look back now, and then Mister mm. Blackboard, um, you know, and everyone, everyone talked, and it was good because it was creative. It got it got us as yeah. young ones, you know, creative thinking. It was about arts also and drawing. Um, I still love watching it. I'm I'm happy to kind of you know YouTube that one now and show my twins. And the other one that I loved. And apart from kind of growing up watching, then as I joined um, TV, I got to work with them was Agro's connection.
1: Yes, of course. Yes, I yes, can't yes. believe that's not
2: number I one. No, it should be Hell number yeah. one. Not number one. This idiot doesn't know what he's talking yeah. about. What's I his mean, name? And, Paul, uh, Paul Verhoeven. Naughty puppet. And... You know,
0: Jamie <laughs> Dunn. Right? Is it Jamie? Bruce, yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jamie. Oh, Dunn as Agro, which was solely there for the adult. He was so naughty and cheeky because it went whoosh go over the kids' heads. <laughs> mm that was a good yeah, one this idiot Loved
2: it. this idiot doesn't know what he's talking
1: about i've got to say the book place was always just a weird yeah. crazy the worm. show the worm. and when you when you find out that was made in adelaide you understand why they ended up with bodies in the barrels
2: <laughs> i agree with this i i totally
1: yeah. when you find out
2: that that worm the bookworm is from adelaide you go <laughs>
1: it just makes sense <laughs> it's
2: freaking weird yeah that's
1: right. you know oh yeah like, it was weird ass. i don't like it I don't know what Plasmo or Johnson and Friends is. That name just doesn't sound right to me for a kids' show.
0: No, Johnson and Friends.
2: No. <laughs> they were like little toys, but they were in big places. It was a toy story of
1: our generation. Right. <laughs> so it wasn't a euphemism. No. I don't He's know Johnson and his friends, no? Uh, are there any besides Toasted TV, which thank we you. all
2: love? Thank, thank you. <laughs>
1: uh, are there any missing... <laughs> From I appreciate I appreciate that,
2: Rob.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Are there any we've missed?
4: Um, um, I was going to say probably Simon Townsend is the oh. one that should be on that oh. list. Yes. Yes. You, yes. You can tell the person who wrote this is a millennial. <laughs>
0: Simon Townsend I watched every single day when I came home from school.
1: Hey, 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 And yep. what I love about that show yeah. is its original theme song was Afternoon Delight until they realised it was a song about <laughs> sex and then they wrote Simon Townsend's <laughs> Wonderworld. True story. I love a bit of TV history. Thrown in that. here know that. Alright, coming up on TV Black Box, we'll find out what everyone's been watching when we open the Binge Box. Plus, air dates revealed for some of TV's biggest new shows, Disney's classic Beauty and the Beast to become a TV special and we farewell a place icon. You're listening to
2: It's time for Hatches and Dispatches. A season two premiere date for the multi-Emmy award-winning series The White Lotus has officially been set. Once again, written and directed by series creator Mike White, the new season will take guests back to the hotel chain of The White Lotus, but this time in Sicily, Italy. The seven-episode season debuts October 31st on Binge. (laughs) Channel 7 has confirmed the launch date of their sweary new series, Kitchen Nightmares Australia. Chef Colin Fastenage takes on the role made famous by Gordon Ramsay, where he will provide honest feedback and practical insights to real-life business owners by going behind the kitchen doors of a different establishment each week. Censored episodes will screen at 7.30pm, while uncensored editions will be posted on 7+. Plus. The premiere is currently scheduled for October 12. In more premiere news, the highly anticipated fifth season of Netflix's The Crown will not be halted in the wake of the Queen's death. The dramatised series about the British royal family is set to return on November 9th with an entirely new cast. Actress Amelda Staunton will take over as Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. A special live action and televised performance of Beauty and the Beast is set to screen soon in the US, and big names are in sight to play some of the lead roles. According to Variety, actor Martin Short is tipped to portray the candelabra Lumiere, while singer Shania Twain, yeah, I'm excited about this, is being sought after for the role of Mrs. Potts. If they sign on, they'll join Oscar winner her... H e r her. I, 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 that, that's yeah, too, that's too popular her. for me. Yep. Uh, well, they'll join the uh, her. Her pronouns are. Uh, her she his she her uh, as Belle (laughs) Grammy winner Josh Groban one of my friends as the Beast David Alan Greer Mm. as Cogsworth and Joshua Henry as Gaston it will be available to stream on Disney Plus in December for Australian fans
1: hoping to watch the special Shania's gonna sing I feel like a teacup
0: (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't even get the tune right I don't even know what you meant then and I'm a big Shania fan I feel like
2: a teacup oh there you go that was was better That was better. She's a teapot, not a teacup. You know, weirdly, that's... Yes,
1: she I, was the teapot feeling like a teacup. Oh, my
2: God. Yeah. What, what I'm glad is, cover. though, that you've chosen that point to cut in because now we're going to change pace. And sadly, Play School icon John Hamblin has died aged 87. The ABC confirmed the passing of Naughty John in a statement last week. Hamblin was a fan favourite presenter on PlaySchool for almost 30 years and is recognised by generations of Australian children and their families as one of the program's most memorable hosts. He began hosting the show in 1970 and appeared in more than 350 episodes of the program. For me, he's up there with Benita, uh, just two of the absolute legends wow. of that wonderful show on Play School. And Rob, that is this week's hatches and dispatches.
1: Yeah, some very sad news. He was a legend, and uh, what a what a legend. And hopefully, he'll get some uh, recognition at the Logies next year. All right, it's time to open the TV binge box and find out what everyone's been watching the past week. Matthew, let's begin with you.
3: Uh, so. Airing on Nine Go in the last week is the fast-tracked season, new season of Survivor, which is in forty-three. Not many shows will make it to forty-three seasons, so nice. it's pretty incredible. Um, it was a two-hour premiere. Is it premiere. still watchable though? It was great, it is. It is still watchable. Is. I, I still enjoy it. It is quite fast-paced. It, I think new viewers might struggle to just jump in and go, "Oh, I get what's happening here." It is very twists and advantages which you understand when you've watched it for 20 years but if you wanted to start new maybe not but still enjoyable so if someone wanted to give it a crack there's my recommendation and then the other one is another american uh franchise it's the american big brother which had its finale uh yesterday actually and the you can't watch it anywhere here so don't bother asking me where i watched it um (laughs) but the reason why i wanted to point it out is because uh, for the first time in 24 seasons 22 years i think a african american female won the show and she was um bullied based on lies in week 1 and she managed to get to the end and win which i think is was, just was was her impressive.
2: name so, Meghan so. Markle or sure. yeah. what was what was the con- what was
3: it no no i think it was Harrison Markle that were <laughs> entered in there yeah, yeah. yeah so that's All my right, two.
4: Thank you. okay kevin what have you been watching yeah, just the one for you this week. Um, a documentary series on Netflix, which is Untold. They produce a whole a whole range of different stories from the sporting world, and each of them they kind of pick on the like the, the different issues around you know cheating and things going wrong and it's kind of untold mm. stories in sport. They're like one of the latest episodes they've put out is called The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. Oh, this is just yes. a fantastic <laughs> I documentary.
2: Um, oh, guilty. Yeah. Had a few of those, I'll tell you right now, Kevin. In my earlier days, I had a few girlfriends who didn't exist.
4: This is a story from 2012. A, a young college footballer by, by the name of Manti Te'o. Mm. He was um, he was on the verge of becoming one of the really big NFL football stars when um, it just so happened that his his grandmother died, and then on the very same day, he announced that his girlfriend had died. And it it turned into a huge media circus where the media at first absolutely fell in love with him and they were portraying him as a hero for continuing to play and going on. And then it took a few months, but eventually it came out that the girlfriend actually never existed and that the way the media turned on him was Mm, just, mm. was fierce and it's quite a remarkable story because... This documentary reveals the fact that this was actually one of the very first catfishing stories that, that took place. It was right on the verge of the internet and websites like Facebook mm-hmm. coming available and it turned out that... You know, that this, so he was cat. He mm-hmm. was catfished. Mm-hmm. He had no idea that the girlfriend didn't exist.
0: Oh, Which makes it even worse know. that the media turned on him and that mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. literally ruined his career and his potential mm-hmm. when he was the one hurting and just blindsided by it all.
4: It is a truly wow. dripping documentary. Yeah. I don't want to give any more of a away, but they they interview wow. Manty, the player, and they also interview the person behind the scam. <gasps> wow, the, It's a great watch. The, the, the two parties talk through it. It's a, it's a, it's a two part special, and I can't recommend it more highly enough. Yep. On Netflix, okay. Untold: The Girlfriend Who Didn't Exist. Mm. Tanya, what have you been watching?
0: Oh, I have been watching um, Kevin Hart. Don't f this up. Have you seen the the comedian Kevin Hart? I love him. Six episodes. Um, I, like I said last week, I love anything with a bit of truth to it. Um, you know, a good kind of docuseries, a bit of a uh, biography series. I really enjoyed this. I had no idea that Kevin Hart was so business savvy. Um, he has, um, he always gets in trouble, but he always owns up to it. And it kind of goes through some of the media frenzies of when he's done the wrong thing, um, throughout the series. Um, and, uh, and then I love the fact too, that he's best friends with Dwayne Johnson, the rock, and they, got a movie out at the moment, but interestingly that, you know, Kevin Hart is um, I think he's the wealthiest um, Afro-American um, uh, what am I saying
1: here? African American.
0: Yeah, sorry, Afro American. Um, he's done so, so, so well with it, and it kind of goes through his impeccable schedule and how hard he works, and the fact that he's taken his same boyhood entourage mates all the way through um to his success oh, now. That's cool. Yeah, and, her, and helped them out. Mm, yeah, really that's great.
3: great. Yeah, and well, the other awesome. one that
0: I'm enjoying is the real bling ring, um, the Hollywood heist which if you don't know about this one, um, both of these are on Netflix. It's three episodes and it is about a couple of young um, people early in their 20s that started to do some celebrity robberies, rob a few houses, Paris Hilton, Orlando Bloom, Lindsay Lohan. And it's a really good watch. It Mm. shows how pretty much easy it was for them via social media to find out when these people weren't home and they just kind of walked in because they could, I won't give it away, but it was pretty easy for them to figure out because people were posting on social media that they were out or they're on a plane somewhere. Hello, let's just walk into their house and take a few items. So it goes through all the different people involved and how they're all accusing each other and and their side of the story. So that's three episodes Mm. and I
2: enjoyed that. That sounds cool. Yeah, really cool. Robbo, what have you been watching? I've, I've been watching uh, Dharma on Netflix. It mm. is brilliant. It, it, you know what? At, at, at some points you think it's a little bit slow, but I think that's, as you go through the, the episodes, I'm probably up to episode, I think, five tonight. Um, there is a slowness to it, but they're really going in on when Dharma was in his predatory mode. And they really take their time with that because – and I think as you go on, that becomes more powerful as you watch it. Uh, Evan Peters, uh, who is Dharma, is fantastic. You would know him from uh, um, American Horror Story and X-Men. He is absolutely brilliant uh, uh, in this. Uh, And and that's what I've been watching. And I I, I can't stop myself. So normally I would watch an episode a night. I'm trying to fit in two, possibly Mm -hmm. three a night. It is fantastic. That's on Netflix.
1: Uh, yeah, that's been very controversial because uh, victims, family victims, families of the victims, are uh, saying that it's glorifying this this killer. Uh, it's it's not being respectful to the to the victims. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix says, you know, it's been it's tried to be respectful, but the families say we were never consulted, we were never asked, and so it, it brings up that whole issue on whether. Um, uh, Serial killers and true crime can be a form of entertainment without cashing in on. The dark side, and look, I have a true crime podcast here. I have to disclose: "Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions," where you can get the full background on the Jeffrey Dahmer story.
2: <laughs> the other thing I'll say on that, though, is that um, there, there, there was a woman who lived next to him for for many, many years who was ignored. So I would say that it is educational. It's important, yeah. Uh, because if you if you smell true. those smells. Uh, uh and if you uh hear those uh the, those certain noises uh you want to put it forward to the police because the police ignored these stories mm-hmm. uh and and that is the real tragedy here and well, i think well, netflix for doing that netflix.com.au uh, you can get a <laughs> wonderful subscription for just 14.99 a month
1: well uh, this week, I got my Paramount subscription. so well, That's what I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get a free Netflix. I, so yeah. I know yeah. what you're doing, Robbo. Yeah. We all know what you're doing, Robbo. Oh, sorry, uh, sorry, sorry. I don't think there's anyone listening to this podcast who didn't pick up on what you were doing.
2: No, I, I just love them. I'm not being paid. I just love them.
1: They're fantastic. <laughs> um, but I got my Paramount subscription and I started going through things and one of the first things I wanted to watch was Yellow Jackets. And Oh, my God, I am so glad. We have been binging this thing like there is no tomorrow. It is fantastic and, you you know, all I'll say is with the glitter, without wanting to give any spoilers, there's glitter. And I keep looking for this glitter and who could have the glitter and, you know, like I keep looking for something that's not turning up. You know, like it's it's just, the, the show has me on the edge of my seat I know glitter is only going to make sense if you've seen it, but you will lo- all so. Uh, so you're
2: talking about the one with Kevin uh, Kevin Costner in it, the Western Yellow. yellow
1: no, stone. I said Yellow Jackets.
2: Oh, Yellow Jacket. I do apologise. No one knew what you were talking about. We don't know what don't you mean don't. by glitter. <laughs> no, so no one. Everyone's sitting here going, "What's glitter?" No, no, yellow, yellow
1: Jackets, jacket's on on Paramount Plus. It's this show where a, a, a girl soccer team got stranded in the middle of nowhere for nineteen months, and they and ate each other. No. how they um, – sorry, I was just reading a message from Abby uh, who says even, she even she's watched all of it and doesn't know what I'm talking about with the glitter. <laughs> but anyway, um, these girls, they fly to a soccer match, the plane crashes, and basically they're in the middle of nowhere and you see them as the young girls living in the wild and as their elder selves, I think it's 30 years later, um, it, back to nor- back to reality. I wouldn't say normal, and the two storylines happen concurrently, and it's fascinating as you try to work out the pieces of what they did, how they survived, and the secrets that are waiting to be told.
0: Based on truth, is it?
1: Is no, this, I don't think this a, is oh based gosh. on a true story. Sound no,
0: guys, it always had did, me. If it was, you had me. <laughs> uh, no, Rob, but Rob, give it a try,
1: Rob it just to help you with, with the bills. It's really, really yeah. good. Yep,
2: just help you with the bills. How do we watch this? What's this on, mate? Paramount Plus. And and how do we get onto that? Where where do we go for that, mate?
1: Uh, You send an email to Channel 10 and ask for a free subscription.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. All right. You're a good marketing man. Yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) Collaborations, we now call it in the influencer world. Yeah,
2: that's right. that's right. Um, But actually, Paramount
1: Plus, very reasonably priced. Uh, And I wasn't sure, but I've had a look, and it's actually got a lot of good content. I'm very Thanks, buddy. But now that we've talked about our individual shows, it's time to talk about the big one. We did a group binge this week. I'm nervous. For someone (gasps) that happens to be here in the podcast that she stars in. It's called (laughs) Salaam Namaste. It's a Bollywood film filmed in Victoria. Mm -hmm. It broke box office records. It brought tourism to the country. But first, we'll talk about all that in a moment, Tanya. This is the story of... Two young Indian, uh, people of Indian heritage who are living in uh, Australia. The guy is meant to turn up for an interview. He sleeps in. He runs late. The DJ, who is the female protagonist, she gets angry and starts shit canning him. Mm -hmm. It leads to his business going down. (laughs) They then, by another happenstance, meet, not realising who each other are, sort of start fancying each other, then face the problems. What do they do when they discover who they are and that they're actually fighting? And it goes on a whole series of adventures. Personally, I found this to have so much charm. It goes from the absurd to the (laughs) overacting of the station Mm. manager who's going over the top humour to these really deep Mm. and emotional moments where you're really feeling for the characters. I really love this, Matthew. What did you think?
3: Oh, I, I have to agree. I, 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 At the beginning, it was like, oh, okay, it's going to be silly, but it, it wasn't silly the whole time. It, it, it dealt with some serious stuff, and I, th- I think that made it work. I think it actually worked having that bit of contrast uh, a bit throughout the film. Tanya was amazing. Hey, yeah. Oh, she was Obviously, the only thing uh, I didn't like MVP about the film.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Just turning off now.
3: <laughs> uh, Tanya was great. I loved it. The only thing that I think, now this could have been my phone. This could have been my phone because I had to screen mirror it from my phone to the TV, is the audio mixing was terrible. When the music was like, was on, it was yeah. so much louder than the talking, and the talking, like I had to, I was constantly I on the yes. down, Bollywood which made me annoyed. So mm. that made me a little bit annoyed. However, after I got through the film, it was good, and I enjoyed it. And even though it was a bit sorry. bit I, I was going to say, too, sorry about
0: that, two job. hours, 40, uh, <laughs> everyone. They do have intermission <laughs> with Bollywood films still.
3: It is, it is a yeah, long film,
0: intuition. I will tell you that. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I, I really did enjoy it, Tanya. And what was it like shooting it? Like this was the first big one and this one went around the world big time, didn't it?
0: Yeah, it absolutely did. You know, there's a thousand Bollywood movies made a year. 985 wow. of them are crap and then the other (laughs) kind of 25 do okay, (laughs) literally. yeah. So this, I was, um, you know, I was honoured to be invited to be part of this movie by the film company Yash Raj, who's considered one of the kind of top 20 film companies in the world out of India. They just pump out hit after hit after hit. The people, the stars in this show are the most enormous stars when it comes to Bollywood. And Bollywood is not just India, but really? it's all around the world because there are more non-English-speaking countries than there are, you know, English. So sometimes there's a misconception with Bollywood's just in India. No, it's all throughout Asia, Europe, the States, you know, and the UK. Right. So this particular film, um, we shot it all in uh, around Victoria, mostly in Melbourne. It's the first ever Bollywood film to be shot entirely in Australia uh, back in 2005 because normally they would just shoot the item number, which is the song with all the dancers in it, and then take off. Um, and interestingly, with this film, Victorian tourism only put in $10,000 towards it. And they oh, that's got, outrageous. Yes, and they got, I mean, the film was one of the top films, you know, for the last kind of 15 years around um, the world when it comes to Bollywood hits. But it increased tourism, it increased visa applications from India to Melbourne by 17% in the first Ow. month.
1: Wow! Well, the Victorian wow, 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 wow. tour. That's why
0: there's so many taxi drivers, Indian taxi drivers, in Melbourne because <laughs> they all came out to see Salam Namaste. And I can tell you that, not even joking, because when I do jump into a taxi here, they almost run off the road when they see that you know you're in the region. <laughs> oh,
2: that's fantastic! Coming
0: from Salam Namaste, that's great. You know, and I grew oh, an India because I lived there for a long time. That's not that's not offensive. Group so if yes,
1: I'm wrong. You had a really exotic name of Kathy. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <yeah, it's> very. <laughs> like, very
0: exotic. And it's. It's very funny. Um. This was one of the it first. Really is. The first Bollywood movies that broached on um two Indian um a couple not living together, without being married, unheard of to ever been seen a yes. Bollywood movie. So this
1: couple end up living together. Mm-hmm. They're living not together, married. They a- have. Oh, they yes. have sex before marriage. And, and oh I my Wonder about mm-hmm. that. And I they thought, kiss.
0: And they kiss. So it was groundbreaking, this movie. Um, And I know that the, um, I think it's the Academy Awards or something like that actually have invited the script to be put in with their, you know, amazing displays kind of thing. So it's it's done really, really well. And at the time when it launched, it was on air on the launch day in 500 cinemas around the world, 50 of them in um, Australia, about 300 in India. That's amazing. And here in Australia, it's actually actually beat um- johnny depp's um charlie and the chocolate factory wow yeah. Yeah. So that's it's, awesome it's kind of weird because most people go into the movies and they turn right to all the hollywood block, block, block buses, but you don't actually turn left towards the bollywood and you yeah, will find yeah. a lot of bollywood films um, on here so that really cemented me you know it was a great role i had one of the four lead roles in it very funny as i said interestingly mm. the wedding scene i get married in um rye in the movie and on the mornington peninsula and who little did i know, know that kind of 10 years later that I actually met my partner Chris in Rye down there and we had twins together. I mean, it was a little weird that
1: you got married the same day you met the guy and you had this beautiful white dress Whatever so that was shot at the Mornington
0: Peninsula, and it's even you know, just to Google that particular song because the songs are what make the movie, and that's on all of your music channels and the radio and mm. gets all of the hoo ha fanfare. That's fantastic. Um, and yes, and then people go into watch it. So enormous success for Salam Namaste. I love that they replay it on SBS as we spoke about last week quite frequently. And I really love it when, um, you know, Australians go and watch it and tell me how much they love it.
1: <laughs> well, it really that's was brilliant. a celebration yeah. of Australia yeah, right. and. It's got characters like a Crocodile Dundee type character, but it's an Indian who's <laughs> come to Australia. He wants to be a Crocodile Dundee character and he hates Indians. <laughs> it's like, and, and the way he speaks is hilarious, you know, and, and even his whole partner who the only word she ever gets to say is, Sorry? he'll ask her a question <laughs> and she'll say, Sorry? <laughs> he goes exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's it look, it's a lot of fun. It uh it goes in some unexpected places. It pretty much ends where you think it will end, including uh, you having some hilarious scenes in in, in the big. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna say it. Go having on. The, the birthing scenes towards I the end love of the those film.
0: Scenes they were just so you know <laughs> they were just so ad lib all of those scenes. Were they? And the doctor Robbo really? in it um, is a man named Abhishek Bachchan, and he is probably the biggest star in Indian film. So that was a big cameo for him to be in it. His father is Amitabh Bachchan, who is the second most famous man in India outside Gandhi. You know, he's written, oh, wow. told that story. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, Amitabh Bachchan, the father, wow. you know, he's, he's like literally people, the world stops when he walks past and they just, it's like they've seen a
2: ghost. So. And um, so tell you, like what, the- what's he like though? Are they nice? Are they approachable? Like, nice. or they, There's the, big stars. Well,
0: funny enough, the first film that I did, which I think we spoke about last week, um, the Taj Mahal. I don't know if you spoke about it or not, but I was filming at the Taj Mahal in my very first scene and it was with this man, Amitabh Bachchan, the, like the yep. god when it comes to the acting world. Um, really? And he, uh, I got to meet them afterwards for dinner. And just the, to explain the normality, I was filming with the son that day at the Taj Mahal. And then mm-hmm. um, we went back to the hotel and, they, and the son, Abhishek, said, so jump in the car with me and we'll all go back to the, you know, the hotel. And we got there and there was an army and thousands of people. I mean, like wow. I thought that there was a bomb scare and that the world was about <laughs> to blow up. So what is going on? He's like, Don't worry, it's just because my father's arrived. So that's wow. the when this wow, man arrives, wow, wow. there is army security it's like the prime minister or the president is there everyone gets wow. unchecked. checked you couldn't get any room service for the next 3 days in the hotel because everyone was just standing there trying to catch a glimpse
4: wow that's you know, amazing so it's, okay. it's just
0: because my dad's here the world's yeah, yeah. so they're really lovely mm-hmm. and even well that night I got to have dinner uh, with them and the family and I actually asked Amita Butch and I said do you think there's room in Bollywood for you know a, a little a little white Aussie chick, and he said, Yes, he said, if anyone's going to do it, very deep voice, Tanya. If anyone's going to do it, it's you because Who Dares Wins <laughs> is a very big show here, and we love your tenacity. <laughs> oh, really?
2: oh, 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 wait, 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 That's wait, right. wait, wait, wait. So I didn't want to bring it up, and I wasn't going. Go on. <laughs> But you brought it up. I loved Who Dares Wins. We talked about best. that last
1: week, brother. Yeah, but I wasn't here
2: for it. So I, I was just being cool. I'm like, yeah, yeah, ten years later, You're a big star, whatever. I'm not going to mention. Um, yeah, loved you. Thank uh, you. Had you on my wall. Oh, so, yeah. thank you.
0: Mm, right. Yep. Yeah, okay. No, I did. I
2: did. You. you no, know, You were on a TV. You were on a TV here, yeah, which is an old magazine. To people. Yeah. No.
0: FHM. No. In an FHM, which bizarrely. Yeah. Uh, my Chris, my partner, when his mother was cleaning out the house to move a few years ago, <gasps> pulled out this FHM, and it was me on the cover. Oh no!
2: No, 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 I I need to stop. It it was a TV Hits magazine. Remember TV Hits? (laughs) It was from that. It was not from HFM or whatever, HMV, whatever you said. It wasn't from that. It was from the TV Hits magazine. But um, you're a wonderful uh, uh, lady. Rob, back
1: to you. Uh, A point of order for anyone (laughs) wanting to watch Salaam Namaste. And seriously, do yourself a favour, watch it. It's a great introduction to Bollywood. It's got so much fun. Mm. I seriously found myself just smiling while I was watching it, uh, during the funny bits, of course, Um, and, and it gave me a good vibe. But I did notice that on Amazon Prime Video, Mm. it said that it will be gone October 1. So you've need you only got like a few days to watch it on Amazon Prime Video. Tanya, you've said it usually pops up on SBS, so maybe it'll Mm -hmm. be on SBS On Demand after that, but we'll wait and see. Robbo, what are we watching next week? And I'm a little worried because you gave us 30 Rock Episode 3, Season 3, Episode 23 and 24 to random Mm. episodes last time. (laughs) What have we got this time? Now it's 25
2: and (laughs) (laughs) 26. Thanks, Matt. Um, No. No. this is really, this is fantastic. This is one of the best Australian television specials oh, yeah. that have ever been produced. It was produced in 1996. It is the Seven Networks homage to 40 years of television. It's on YouTube and we will put it up on our Twitter for uh, from uh, TV Black Box. It is one of the best specials ever. It, it shat all the over.
1: 1060 years of TV? <laughs>
2: It's shat all over um, (laughs) the the Nine Network 40 years. Uh, It is one of the best. It's hosted by Gary McDonald. Uh, It's got guest appearances by Magda Shabansky. Amanda Keller's also in it. It is absolutely a brilliant special. And the reason I'm choosing this is because of uh, uh, Matthew here, who doesn't know anything about... Uh, the, the, the golden age of no, television. Yeah, no. Um, but this will this will it's expose great. you to it. It was an hour and a half special. Uh, I had it taped uh, on a VHS for a long time. Forty years of television. I found it on YouTube. We'll put the we'll put the link up on our Twitter. It is absolutely one of the best specials and encompasses everything that is amazing about Australian television. So it's forty years of Australian television. The Seven Network special uh, from nineteen ninety six. We'll put it up on our socials. Uh, it is wonderful. Watch
1: it. Fabulous. All right. That seems like a good one. And that brings us to the end of tonight's edition of TV Black Box. Thank you for your company. Kevin, thank you for joining us.
4: Thanks, oh, Kevin. Absolute pleasure, Rob McKnight. <laughs> and who knows? I might be back one day. You never know. You never know.
1: I came uh, back. Matthew Robbo, thank <laughs> yeah. you very much. And to our special guest, Tanya Zayeta, you have Woo! been a two week <laughs> delight and you can come <laughs> back any night. Wonderful. I would
0: love to absolutely love to thanks for having me on and thank you so much for giving us a plat me a platform to talk about salam namaste which we don't often get to in australia
1: oh absolute pleasure and i hope people go and watch it because it's seriously i loved it i I really just loved it so thank you Tanya, and (laughs) i look forward to seeing you soon and as i said that is the end of tv black box for more industry insight and exclusives go to tvblackbox.com.au it's where people in the industry get their news we'll see you next week